Hello, and welcome to this episode of Say Something Interesting. This is the follow-up podcast from East Lake Tri-Cities Church. My name is Megan, and with me today, I have two very special friends. Our friend Lauren is back, and we have a new guest with us today, Miss Bethany. Hi, Bethany. How are you? Hello. I'm doing well. Good. Hi, Lauren. Hey. Yeah, this is like <laughs> Brent says every week. Welcome to a special episode. Very special episode. And this week it actually is special. Yeah, which, it is. Yeah. I, I usually laugh at him when he does that, which we talked about last week because I'm like, it's not special at all. If you say it's special every week, then <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, the it's like value. a precipitation yeah. or precipitation participation trophy. That's right. Yes. So the value yeah. does decrease. I know, but this week actually is special because Brent is not here. That's he's right. on his way to Tahoe with his family. So road trip for spring break. I'm sure he's going to come back more exhausted than he left. That kind of reminds me of the uh, movie RV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Robin yeah. Williams. Mm-hmm. Does Did he rent one or no, is it just... I think they're just going in their car, kind of hoteling it and oh. that kind of, or staying with friends, that kind of stuff. Glamping. But, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and so Bethany's with us. Yes. Which is so exciting. Bethany, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, whatever you want to share with the world? Sure. Uh, (laughs) My name is Bethany. I am the development and marketing coordinator for Liberty Christian. So I do lots of technology things and lots of fundraising things. So really just events and meal choices and lots of Excel spreadsheets. That sounds like, yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. 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 Hashtag good. development life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. You were in that world, weren't you, Lauren? I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about it before we, before you got here. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I deal with a lot of spreadsheets also at this job and as a teacher, but yeah, yeah. I get it. The yeah. more you can manipulate Excel to do things for you, the happier you are in life. Yeah. And if you can add color to it, mm-hmm. it just brings so much joy and pleasure <laughs> Uh, Every time I open it, and uh, the formulas are all correct. That's everything adds up. It's all there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's pretty great. Uh, I love it. Um, I love that. I did. I used to work uh, for a granted program. And so we had lots of spreadsheets because you have to track absolutely everything. I didn't make any of the spreadsheets. They were all like made for me. I just plugged stuff into them. But That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I know. Excel is pretty great. Yeah. yeah. Ian will tell me. <laughs> He'll, he'll like, there have been very few times in our relationship where he'll be like, Lauren, I have to show you this spreadsheet, this thing I did in Excel, because that's his life. He's just in accounting, you're in Excel all the time. And so he'll show me like how he made this one thing match this other thing. And I'm like, I wish I could appreciate this more because I know I can see in your eyes how much time you've put into it and how exciting it is. And I'm excited for you, but I don't fully understand. I think whenever anyone creates a spreadsheet and everything aligns to perfect balance, there just needs to be this moment. Yeah, something you, yeah. Because that's how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know that. I know that feeling. The light bulb yeah. feeling. Yeah, those feelings, and some you're just like it just worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'm brilliant. That's the feeling I always feel. I'm like I'm so smart. I did it. <laughs> I can do things. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good supportive wife of you, though, to be excited oh, for you. And I'd, he's. I do my best. Out yeah, like himself. I said, it's only happened like three times, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah what else anybody else have any life updates they want to share i'm trying to think if i have any oh yesterday i broke my easter sweets fast that's right congratulations Mm -hmm. you made it 40 days 40 days i got boba tea and i was gonna get the new crumble cookie shop 
I was going to try there, but they're closed on Sundays. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, interesting. I didn't like f- fully research my plan, apparently. But I did get boba tea, which was delicious, and I ate lots of candy. Which tea did you get? The Thailandia. Okay. That's your that's your that's go-to. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. I like it with boba. Apparently, Brent doesn't. And what's the point what of getting boba doing? tea? You have to have boba. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just tea. tea. Yeah. With yeah. some ice. <laughs> blended, <laughs> non-blended. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> that's weird. <Yeah>. Agreed. <laughs> Brent, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I pretty much told him that when he was told me. I was like, I don't think that's how you're supposed to do it. Um, yeah. What, and then what candy did you enjoy? So my favorite Easter candy are the Cadbury mini eggs. Oh, which are the it's like solid chocolate and then has a candy coating. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I enjoyed. I had them for breakfast. In fact, that's I had like a good handful for, for you. Beautiful. <laughs> I got exposed to those this year. And not just life the, changing, not just the milk chocolate ones, but the royal yes. darks. Oh, dark. Yeah, that's where it's at. I have not had the 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 Cadbury darks, but the Cadbury darks literally like I had like I had them in a friend's house and then I had to go to Fred Meyer and they had a two for one <gasps> sale. Like and I've gone through two bags. already. <laughs> you got to do it. it. Yes. Yeah. I, they were, they didn't have them anywhere at Winco when I went to the store at yesterday, they'd already kind of pulled away all of the stuff. But, um, so I was like, oh, bummer. so I got some Reese's mini, mini cups, but mm, yeah, but yeah, those are my go-to favorite, um, or my favorite Easter candy. I really love Cadbury. I got into Cadbury when I lived in Australia and that's pretty much the only chocolate that they have. And so, yeah, and it's really delicious. Mm. So that's when I started eating Cadbury chocolate. How long did you live in Australia? For five months <laughs> in college. Beautiful. Yeah, I did. Long enough to abroad. get addicted to Cadbury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it was one uh, week, I think yeah. that would be yeah, But yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I did a study abroad my senior year of college, and I lived in Australia and went to school there. And it was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I know. Definitely makes me look cooler than I actually am. So <laughs> I don't know about that. I think any travel or like living abroad uh, is just fantastic. So, well, yeah, I've got to do a lot of it because my family was, my dad was in the Navy and we had um, a couple of overseas stations. So when I was in high school, we actually lived in Italy also. So, oh, yeah. Fun. Yeah. I know. For me, it's like, yeah, whatever. And everyone else is like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's good. So yesterday was Easter, and um, there was a sermon about Easter. Do we want to talk about it? We all listened to it. <laughs> we did. I don't know. Um, we got Bethany, the gist. <laughs> Bethany was like, oh, yeah, I was here. And Lauren and I were both go, what? <laughs> yeah, Bethany, totally stealth mode. We did not yeah, see you at just, all. Just, like, snuck in the back door. I did. Did, like, Andrew let you in the side door? Like, legit? No, no, I went. <laughs> I followed the procedures and then sat right in front of the sound booth for the hour. Drank second coffee. service? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Second service. So it's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think my like with Brent, what Brent said, uh-huh. first of all, the music was fantastic. Oh, I just wanted to let one, you know. One song. The first song we've done as a band in months. But so. it, was, it was great. Oh, I, I heard it also because I listened to it online and it was very good. 
Yes. That's a really. It looked Thank really so cool much. online too. Yeah, yeah. The video Aaron fairly, did a great job. It was fairly it, artsy and it yeah. looked pretty good. The video of it, so definitely, definitely. Anyway, your thoughts on Brent? Yes, yeah. there was one phrase, and I actually like approached him afterwards and was like, "This just killed me." Because one thing you don't know about me is I have a degree in theology, uh, a bachelor's, and then a bachelor's in uh, teaching ESL, and so I like to nerd out on stuff. And like yeah. St. Patrick's Day comes along, and I have to like watch the you know St. Patrick's heresy video mm. that that exists I don't know if you've seen it I've not had seen that it's hilarious um <laughs> okay it's just making fun of how he explains things it's just great okay. <laughs> anyway so Brent was like yeah so you know we could go into like atonement theories and theology but we're, we're just not going to go into the weeds and I'm like isn't that that just, that's Isn't kind of, that's just what the resurrection's about. It's just really funny. Anyway, I just, I thought it was funny. I laughed really hard <laughs> and let him know, like, hey, yeah. by the way, this is funny. Because, <laughs> like, most people would be like, let's get into the weeds. Like, I, ha- yeah. I have to, like, oh, yeah. you know, that, that's exactly where you'd be. But he tries really hard, especially on, like, Christmas and Easter, to um, definitely be a little bit more broad about what he's talking about. Because um, I think he sees those Sunday sp- particularly as an invitation to ask questions and to be curious. And so he, he intentionally doesn't get into the weeds Mm -hmm. on those Sundays because he's trying to like, he tries to drill down to what's the core message and like be an open space for questioning and like looking at things from different angles. So that's like a very intentional thing on his part to not do that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think I love that he like bridges in the entire like, story of of the bible as like one literary work and doing the parallel between exodus and the resurrection was pretty cool with that i think that's been my favorite part of this whole series Mm -hmm. um because this was kind of like i mean it's kind of a standalone because it's easter but it was also kind of the like last of this past series it was technically the week four yeah um and because I love that, too, in the, the when we find those parallels in the Bible and like looking at the New Testament and seeing how New Testament writers are drawing stories from the old Bible and drawing parallels to Jesus from the Old Testament and from the stories that they grew up hearing. Um, and like I enjoy that as well, because I think it. You know, as Jesus enters the world and changes our thought process on things like we can look at the Old Testament differently. Like, how does it, how does the Old Testament speak to our lives now when we know what comes after? Mm -hmm. And so I, like, I love doing that too. There's a children's Bible. I think Brent and I talked about it last week, actually, but called um, the Jesus Storybook Bible. And then the tagline is every story whispers his name. And first of all, it's beautifully illustrated, but it also, like every like Old Testament Bible story, they make parallels to Jesus in them. And so they're really looking at all these Old Testament Bible stories about how God was preparing his people to be ultimately rescued. And so like, here's this rescuer who didn't quite do it. And here's this rescuer who couldn't quite do it. And then like how that's getting us ready and getting the people ready for Jesus and to see the like rescue that Jesus is bringing. So Mm -hmm. I wish I could see a picture of that Bible because I think I know which one you're talking about. 
I think we have one downstairs. I'm like thinking about the one I grew up with and it sounds like. I think it's a newer one. Okay, then probably not. Um, I think we have a copy downstairs. Yeah. Because sometimes we used to give it out to like at uh, Mm. baby dedications. Okay. It's probably not the same one, but yeah. Yeah. I think mine was like sort of comic book like. Like the. That sounds cool. My first Bible. Hmm. But really, honestly, this is actually a really interesting segue. Uh, my grandmother got me addicted to coffee while reading me that Bible when I was two. Nice. So, nope, not the same one at all. I'm just showing them the oh. cover. Yes, I think okay. I've seen that. Yeah, it's it's quality. I enjoy it. I have a copy actually in my house, which is a little weird, but okay. I'm I'm a teacher. I'm allowed to have yeah. children's books, right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So now you can't read the Bible without drinking coffee, is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's also true. That seems like a good combo, <laughs> but, though. But it was like half. It was interesting because she would put it in a sippy cup. She with, put co- she gave coffee to a two year old. Yes, with like French <laughs> vanilla like, creamer, and then it mostly creamer. No, <laughs> I don't know. She's just she's an interesting woman. But sounds like it. She would plop me in her lap, and uh, we would go through that Bible together, and it was it was fun. It's fun fascinating. Stuff. But would she like give you coffee and then send you back to your mom? Was it like her way of payback or something? <laughs> no, they got, they were say, actually that's like a, that's a bold move. <laughs> they were actually like my nannies. Oh, so they took care of me like the first 10 years of my life when my mom and dad were at work. Yeah. And then take me to school and pick me up from school. So that was all like right. a thing. But all right. Well, all right. But I think back to Brent's talk. <laughs> uh you, with with the, like the the story of the Bible, I think often in church or churches don't give the New Testament writers like credit of knowing what they're talking about, and and really like they knew they actually like Brent was saying they had time to like reflect and communicate well, and it's not just this we're just writing down what we saw. It was actually like intentional structured things um pulling back into the old testament because they they knew the old testament pretty well that was the hebrew bible like they Mm -hmm. they were quite familiar with it it wasn't like their diary okay day three jesus is risen it's like they're taking meaning they've had time to reflect and like instill meaning into what they're carefully crafting Yeah. yeah and it's intentional like they're being intentional about what they're saying and how they're saying it yeah and i think that intentionality like fits well with the rest of the message of scripture and it just holds everything in balance and unity without contradiction mm-hmm. and, and as the overarching story. Nice. It's all connected. Yeah. Brent yesterday was like, we should have Bethany on the podcast. And he goes, cause she's really smart. And I, right now I'm like, yeah, she is really smart. <laughs> you Liter- were right, Brent. Literally I was with Andrew <laughs> and, uh, he's like, so you want, you want to be on the podcast tomorrow? <laughs> Brian just asked me and I was like, okay, great. Sure. Yeah. Let's it's do it. fun. First it's day of spring break. Time. Yes. Come and do this thing with us. Yeah. <laughs> spring break. Uh, all right. Anything else? Any other thoughts? Any other Easter? The only thing I was going to say is I, it's, I think the most persuasive and Brent and I talked a little bit about this last week because it's part of the book we're reading, but um, the most persuasive our most compelling part of the Easter story is that it's not persuade. I mean, it's really not something you can, you can either believe it or you you don't. It's not like, 
here's the five points, six points to prove that the resurrection really happened. And so to me, that makes it more compelling because everything else we can try and explain and we, we, we search for meaning and you can try and, and, you know, is the resurrection true? You can try and prove that, but it's not really the point. Um, so just, yeah, I think he mentioned something about not that exact thing yesterday, but just the idea that like, usually you show up on Sunday and we're going to tell you why you need to believe this thing. And it's like, it's not really why you need to believe it. It's just that it's a compelling story that makes us wonder and think about what does this mean for us? Not, is it true? And, you know, it's not meant to be this like multi-level marketing scheme, like flashy in your face, how to make your life better. It's what is the mean, you know, where's Mm -hmm. the meaning in that? And, um, yeah, that's the only other thing I would add. Nice. Good times. That's great. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Anyone? No. I think we're good. All right. So the next part is um, the fun part where we talk about interesting things that we've like seen or heard or learned about this week. Um, And generally speaking, whoever was like the starter of the show goes second. But I can go first if you guys need time to figure it out. I was prepared. All right. Are you ready, Lauren? I'm ready. Go first. All right. Guess what I'm going to be talking about. Um, Food. Yes. (laughs) I am going to be talking about food. That's my M.O. Um, So we've all heard of Hot Cross Buns. Yeah. I we've all sung the song, but (laughs) I didn't actually know like what they looked like, what they were until like two or three years ago. And then I tried one and I was like, oh, these are amazing. So they're like sweet breads. Like not like they're like sweet, right? Yeah. I would say, as I've described them, is like a cross between a cinnamon roll and a dinner roll. Because they're not super sweet. I wouldn't classify them like as a dessert, but they've got like a spiced dough. They're kind of like Mex like the Mexican sweet bread without being too a little bit, yeah. 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 There's raisins in them. Sometimes people put currants in them. Um, but yeah, for my something interesting, I thought I would talk about the history. I'm pulling up my notes, my face ID. It's like, doesn't recognize me. Um, so yeah, the buns originated in England. Nice. They were traditionally eaten midday or after on Good Friday. So like you would wait until Good Friday. It was like commemorating the end of Lent and the beginning of like the Easter celebration. And the symbolism, of course, there's a cross on the bun. So they're like round. They look like a dinner roll, basically, but they're like brown and spicy. And they have either a flower cross on top or you can put like icing on afterward. Um, And the cross obviously symbolizes the crucifixion. Mm -hmm. And then the spices are meant to symbolize the embalming spices, which I did not know that. That's a little creepy. It's a little creepy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it's theorized that they existed maybe as early as uh, the 14th century, but they okay. don't know for sure. The earliest recorded, like, earliest record ever of them being in existence was, like, the 18th century. Um, and 
weird facts about them. There's superstitions around them. Okay. So I mean, that makes sense because they're like religiously related. <laughs> well, yeah. And medieval times. Yeah, yeah like, totally. Yeah. It's like very on par here. So some of the superstitions, <laughs> they can prevent a shipwreck if they oh, are wow. on board a ship. I don't that know. That is power That right can there. be tracked. Yeah. They won't go moldy if they're baked and served on Good Friday. Oh. So like if you bake them and serve them, I, I guess they won't go moldy after that. Um, which, is it because people have eaten them? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't dig too far into that. And they will prevent fires if hung in the kitchen. Oh, right. If hung in the kitchen? Yeah. Okay. So I assume you're not just like, those you aren't better, for eating. <laughs> those ones you hang, you better have um, baked and served on That's Good Friday. Right. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I, don't know. I feel like there's a lot of correlation between hot cross buns and communion bread. That, oh, yeah. That this, this, these buns have this extra power mm-hmm. yeah. to not grow mold that's not, impressive yeah to prevent fires i don't know it's yeah yeah that Sp- is spooky stuff yeah but so. in a case of a shipwreck does that mean that it grows so big that it becomes a flotation device <laughs> yeah maybe that's it <laughs> maybe yeah. they just line them around the edge and it like floats the ship for them I, yeah maybe <laughs> Do your own research and let us know. We should have used them on that shipping container in the oh, Suez Canal. Right. If only they If knew. only they needed hot cross buns. Yeah. That was well before Good Friday, though. It's so true. I don't know what the rules are yeah. in that regard. Well, they probably would have needed them from last Good Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Which anyone who kept them that long in a <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. I don't know. That would be a little. <laughs> well, they won't go moldy if they were served That's last right. Good Friday. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's really a cycle there if you yeah. think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, <laughs> fun facts, hot cross buns. All right. Do you have anything, Bethany? I, I, I think I do. Let's hear it. Be confident. So I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't. Yes. Would you uh, like me to go first and well, talk about it? Twitter. Twitter is very interesting. Twitter is a great resource. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, Lauren enlightened us about Soft-boiled eggs being the most. <laughs> yeah, she follows me on Twitter. Oh, I do, I, I like, do. I'm not in the loop because I'm not but on Twitter. But they're the most worth the work. Is that what you said? They, okay, so yes. <laughs> I As I described on one of the Blast podcasts we did, Megan, mm-hmm. I am, I just don't care what I eat. I don't put yeah. effort mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. I just, I could care less. I'm a scavenger. Um, I guess soft boiled eggs, I think are the best format for eggs, but they require some like babysitting. You got to boil the water, then you got to put the eggs in. you got to gently, you know, put them in the water so they don't break (laughs) and you got to time them specifically six and a half minutes, I think is a sweet spot (laughs) any longer than that. And the yolk is not the perfect consistency. It's like a thick runny yolk is what I want. So Yes. All that said, my six and a half minutes plus whatever time it takes to boil the water is what I consider to be work that I think is worth (laughs) doing if you want the perfect soft boiled egg experience. And then you have if you do them once for a week, then you have them. Yeah. For that's true. Scavenger eating for the week. That's right. right. I have done that before. Yep. You can keep soft boiled eggs like that. Yeah. They just because when you crack them, they're still a little runny. Okay. I didn't know. I mean, I. I've only ever hard boiled eggs, but you, cold. yeah, you can keep them. And then, like, if I want to eat them hot, I'll just zap them for like ten uh, seconds in the microwave. Does that n- n- 
do the yolks still say soft? They do. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I just do, um, I just do like a, well, it's kind of like a mixture between fried and poached. So you like put the eggs in a pan and then you cover it with water and a lid mm-hmm. for three minutes. And so you get like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I do. Have you guys had basted eggs? Mm-mm. No, but so it's like above the water and then you baste it over and like cook it that way. You baste it in butter. Oh, so you it's like fried egg. You put it in the pan, uh-huh. but you have a, a bunch of butter, which yeah. Julia Child was a wise woman. In the in, pan? You put the butter in the pan? Yes. Okay. Like, like you know, your oil. Sure. Like, like sure. you're frying. Yeah. But Julia Child just loves everything she made was with oil or with butter for her oil base. But you just take the butter in liquefied form and you splash it. On the egg. Yeah, so the egg isn't on the direct heat. The butter is like on the direct heat, right? And then yes. you just like you're cooking the egg. You bathe it. By spa- oh, splashing you guys, it this butter. is what I'm going to do tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> she, her face just got really excited. I mean, I pride myself on the egg consumption, and I had never heard of this. She's a wise woman, Julia. Um, I just uh, love butter. I mean, me too. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's delicious. Everything's better with some butter in it. It's a staple. Yeah. Is that some your butter fun in fact? Your That's my fun fact. I love it. All right. I am ready. Um, my, mine's not about food. Um, Boo. <laughs> thanks for your support. Oh, I, I really support appreciate you. it. Your stuff is always actually interesting, <laughs> as I've said. So um, this year, this summer, is the um, emergence of the 17-year cicada. Oh, yeah. Brood 10. Um, and the 17 year cicadas are an insect that are very, very loud. They have a really distinct sound. And if you've ever lived on the East coast or been on the East coast during an emergence, you know exactly what that sounds like. There's a couple movies, um, that take place like on the East coast during a cicada emergence. Um, but essentially like it's just like literally hundreds of thousands of cicadas emerge out of the ground to like mate and lay eggs and die. That's what they do. Um, and so it's just like these giant, they're, they're not small. They're like cockroach. Yeah. They're probably like three or four inches long. Usually, um, they do fly, but not a ton. Like they mostly just stay by the tree that they emerge from. Um, and they make an incredibly loud sound. Like as like one cicada can make a sound that's like the same decibel level as a truck on like the highway, like 80, I think is the number the guy said in the thing I was listening to, um, 80 decibels. And they have like a hollow space in their abdomen to like amplify the sound and make it louder. Um, and only the males make the sound. Um, it's a like attraction. Typical. It's a a mating. Kidding. That was a, (laughs) Bad joke. <laughs> uh, but in the insect world, typically the males are the ones who make mm-hmm. the sound, who are trying to attract the female. Um, and yeah, it's pretty incredible because they all emerge within like, like on the same day. Um, and like, it's kind of one of the natural mysteries of the world is how they all know when to emerge. It's not like they can text each other and be like, yeah, let's come out on the third. Um, but they all... <laughs> Yeah, but they all like emerge out on the same day or like within like a day of each other. Um, and it's a that's an evolutionary technique as well that um, 
I don't remember the name for it now, but it's basically like if all of us as a species come out at the same time, there's so much, so many of us um, that the predators, oh, predator satiation, that's earthy, something like that. Like they get filled up before they can eat all of us, our predators. And so our species survives. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's just fascinating. Uh, and there's some different cycles. So there's like a 10 year cicada, which usually has smaller numbers. And then the 17 year cicada is usually the big one, the big emergences. Um, and then I think there's like a set, like there's a couple like different, um, species that have different time spans. Um, but the 17 year is the big one in the Eastern United States. So usually like Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina is where they come out. Interesting. Crazy. Yeah. That is something interesting. Yeah. That's what I said. She always knows the assignment and she always does the assignment. But I, I feel like there's something a little bit deeper here. And that is, this is another okay. theology major. This is another <laughs> resurrection parallel. That's true. I mean, it is yeah, very I mean, symbolic. Yeah. They don't like die. Like they live under the ground for their 17 years. But yeah. It is kind of a like periodic resurrection. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're when you're talking about the cicada, I remember I just flashed back to my second grade classroom and I had a classmate who lived in that area and like talked about them. And we were all like, what the heck is this bug? Like, <laughs> this isn't real. <laughs> we, we don't have them in the Northwest. Like, what? What is this? And and he was like, no, they're real. <laughs> And they'll follow you and just... Okay, so yeah, the guy was saying, the like thing I listened to, he was saying that sometimes the cicadas will mistake like a, a lawnmower sound or some other sounds oh for like gosh. a female. And so they'll like dive bomb your lawnmower um, because they like mistake it for like someone, like a female, the like sound that the female makes. Um, but yeah, there's honestly, there's a couple like really cool bugs on the East Coast that we don't have here that... Kind of like, well, we have murder hornets, so <laughs> that's fair. But like fireflies, we yes. don't have fireflies here. Um, but I spent my childhood in Maryland, and so I grew up with fireflies. But my mom grew up in Washington, and so I honestly, she was like living vicariously through us. She would be like, "Go outside and check, catch fireflies. Go, <laughs> go, go!" Like I think she wanted us to do it more than we. We were like, you know, "Okay, I guess so." <laughs> I would literally, I would do the same thing with my children because I grew up in Washington State, and like the only thing I ever saw closest to a firefly was Disneyland's Pirates of the Caribbean ride. <laughs> And it was it's the most. The yep. It's I, the I most. I know exactly the part you're thinking of right at the beginning of the ride. Yes. Where there's the dude with the camper on the porch. And it's so. Oh, the camper on the porch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> then, like you think that there are crocodiles yeah. like swimming in the yeah. bayou and then there's the restaurant and like literally it's the most magical thing. It is really magical in real life. Like because we had a couple places on like I lived in an army base and we had a couple just like fields and in like June, July, especially you just walk out there and it's just like flash, 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 flash. And they're really gentle and pretty easy to catch. So you can like hold them in your hand for a while and they'll like flash on you. Um, and yeah, it's really cool. I'm super glad my mom was like, go have this experience. <laughs> um, and we used to go for 4th of July. We used to go to Antietam Battlefield, which is in Northern Virginia, I think. Um, and they would like have an orchestra concert and then... Like the last thing they would play the 1812 overture and there'd be cannons. And it, anyway, it was pretty awesome. Um, but there would be, there would always be fireflies in the field. 
Um, and my mom, like all the time, she's like, this is how fairy tales, this is how like fairies became legend is because people saw these like flashing lights mm-hmm. and they're like, it must be fairies. That's what it must be. Um, so yeah, the East Coast definitely, I mean, you know, if you don't like bugs, that's probably not a good thing, but the East Coast definitely has some cool bugs that like we don't have here cause they can't cross the Rockies. So makes sense. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I like, I'm th- like, <laughs> as much as I want to live like elsewhere, I'm thankful that I grew up in Washington state simply like I thought about it a lot because there are a lot of natural disasters and things elsewhere. And then what oh, I'm finding yeah. out about you, Megan, is you lived in Australia. <laughs> I've lived a lot Spider of Spider Central. Like lots of bug places. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I don't remember the bugs really in Australia, but I lived in Tasmania, which is like the island south of Australia. Oh. And I was there in wintertime. So it That's fair. wasn't as like people are like, oh, everything will kill you. There's so many bugs. I was like, I don't really recall any bugs. So. <laughs> and you're still here. <laughs> I'm still here. Yeah. So nothing killed me. Did, but did the toilets really like flush the opposite no, way? Well, our toilets just like sucked down. So there was no like Efficient. swirling. That's great. <laughs> I was a little disappointed. I'll these are these are like the curiosities <laughs> that just like fill my brain. But I did see like just walking to class one day, I saw a kookaburra. And we had like little gray kangaroos that like were just wild and running around kind of like deer. Did you ever see a wombat? Yeah, but only in like a like a wildlife preserve. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. They're pretty cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think they're they're kind of vicious. Um, I think they can just be a little aggressive in terms of like. Not like kangaroo status. No. Yeah. <laughs> but they have like a plate on their butt, like on their back. They have like a like a bony plate. And so when they feel threatened, they just like roll into a ball and then the plate like protects them. That's insane. Yeah. Oh my. I have a lot of fun facts, everyone. Yeah, you, you do. They're just <laughs> coming. I mean, this is like four episodes worth of interesting facts, which is great. Uh, yeah. So that's why we need you. <laughs> sure. I bring the weird science and then Lauren brings the food. So that's, yeah, that's great. Is, that's what we bring to the table here. Yeah. All right, everyone. That is, I think, it. Unless you guys have anything else you need to say. Thank you, Bethany, for joining us and bringing your lovely theology brain and wisdom and insight. We, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Thank you, Lauren. And I think we'll be back next week. We're starting a new series. Mm -hmm. Um. I meant to look at the name of the series before we started this. No, the name is either. Think of it. It was destiny. Pilgrimage. Oh, you know. Look at her. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Is there anything else we need to promo, Lauren? No. Any Where Love we yeah, want to Yeah, there is a couple. There are two Where Love opportunities coming up this month. Um, I have posted those on the Facebook page. Go check them out. They're also on the groups page. One of them is Grace Kitchen. Um, it's a one-time serve on April 13th. And then April 23rd, we're doing another clean for Habitat um, before home dedication. So both COVID safe options um, and the Grace Kitchen one is family friendly. So um, go check those out if you're interested. Dip in your toe in. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. Have a lovely week and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.